Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I am so happy to have you again. And um, I love getting, you know, comments and and reviews. It really tells me what you would like to hear more of. And that's what this show is about. This show is about giving you what it is that you really need to move forward. So thank you. Um, today, I am so excited. I have Jean Atman here today. Jean uh, is a self-mastery mentor and energy medicine specialist. Welcome to the show, Jean. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you tuning in from today? I am in Charleston, South Carolina. Very nice. I'm down in Canada. So all these places in the States that are so pretty that I haven't been to yet. So I'll have to, I'll have to do like a little road trip or something. Haven't been anywhere in a while, but we'll need to, we'll need to go through there. (laughs) It's beautiful. I'm always fascinated with the landscape in Canada. To me, that's my, my, it feels like my soul belongs in Canada. So (laughs) it does. Yeah. So I'm very envious of your current state, (laughs) state of being. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm excited. I just, I'm going to introduce you guys to Jean. I'm excited to dive right in with her today. Um, so Jean is very passionate about helping people break free from living in a state of suffering. Oh my God, we need more people like this. <laughs> so many people are unhappy and just don't know how to implement change and achieve transformation of their current life experience and reality. This is so true. Uh, Many people find Jean when they're feeling stuck and unable to move forward in their lives. She combines intuitive energy healing with soul coaching and belief sculpting and assists assists clients in basically getting out of their own way, which don't we all need this, right? She sees what is working, what's not working, and how to remedy it. She loves to empower others to learn the process for themselves. She remains fiercely dedicated to that cause and throughout her 21-year professional career has empowered over 20,000 people worldwide to live a life filled with potential, purpose, and ease. Jean offers individual sessions, group healing programs, workshops, guided meditations, and retreats. This is so great. Um, Today, we're going to be, we could talk about so many things with Jean, but today we're going to be talking (laughs) about struggling uh, with chronic illness, how to see the signs of burnout. I'm excited for this episode because so many of us are feeling this way um, and not a lot of us are talking about it. So thank you so much, Jean, for coming. It's such an honor to have you today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Where do we start? Like I usually start my interviews with just getting to know you a little bit better and, and perhaps knowing what got you. Like, how did you learn all these things? Can you tell us a little bit more about who you are? Yeah, um, I came into this planet and this plane, um, a pretty intuitive kid. I've always been very sensitive to energy and everyone's emotional states of being around me. I grew up in a very toxic household with narcissistic and sociopathic personality types. And so when you come in as a sensitive kid and you're around a lot of people who are seem to be emotionally imbalanced or can't quite balance within themselves, um, I kind of easily fell into the role of caretaking other people and making sure that everyone was at peace. So therefore I could be safe. So I learned early on how to kind of read the room and recognize um, kind of, you know, what's going on within people. And while I didn't understand it until much later in life, I was definitely always really hyper cued in to, you know, things that weren't quite like kind of plugged into alignment. 
Um, and being a sensitive kid, I would see things in our house. I was very tuned into outer earthly beings ever since I was little and outer realms and dimensions that the people in my household, my family didn't believe in or see. So it left me feeling like something was wrong with me and I attempted to shut down those pieces of self for a very long time. I always felt like I didn't belong in this planet. It was just such a weird experience. Um, I always felt just very, very different from other people around me. I valued people more than things and experiences more than stuff. And I just didn't really know where I fit in. Um, so I attempted to, you know, follow the traditional pathway of moving, going to college, doing all the things, but I just felt really unsettled for so long. And I found meditation and I was in meditation, um, a deep chakra clear. I was performing my, on myself in 2011. And at that point I opened up to channel. Um, I started to dialogue with the ascended masters and it was so interesting to me because when I was talking with them, they, they told me, you know, you've been restless your whole life because you've been waiting for your connection back to us. Mm. And I thought, and for the first time on, you know, ever since I could remember, I felt like I was at home because I felt like the other beings, I was like, finally, somebody who gets it, <laughs> you know, exhale a little, right? Like, yes. Yeah. And you kind of come into yourself finally and not, and I found that, you know, throughout the, my personal journey too, there were so many parts of myself that I was rejecting because I didn't feel like it fit in with this, this plane of existence. So having connection to the upper realms and having dialogue, I felt like I could just finally be myself mm -hmm. and be more accepting of myself. And therefore my gifts just flooded in um, and began to open more and more because I was actually allowing them to. So um, my personal journey is very reflective of my professional journey, <clears throat> excuse me, and the, the work continues to evolve and deepen the more depth and understanding I have of myself. So it's this kind of fun evolutionary process, you know, that, that continues to unfold and, and um, it's always something new. So I, I enjoy that part of it very much. It sounds this, you know, I'm a little bit speechless because, you know, we talked before we hit record, we, we were talking a little bit about how, what other people think of us kind of, clogs us right like it kind mm -hmm. of it doesn't allow us to give ourselves permission to be who we really are and it sounds mm -hmm. like you felt like that not just as a child but wait like after college like that's a mm -hmm. long time that's it is. a long time to not feel okay to like know yourself mm -hmm. that must have been very difficult for you yeah, I was, I was a pretty um, reckless teenager. <laughs> yes. You try to get control where you can, whether it's bad or good. Like I know I was seeking attention. So yeah, I was seeking escape honestly from this plane. I was like, what is this place? And it is not for me. Um, yeah. So you get into things and you try to find yourself and, you know, and um yeah, it's a, it was a very, very interesting place, but I feel like a lot of us rebel spirits are here because we're not meant to follow the herd. We're not meant to, you know, follow all the old traditional old paradigm ways. We're meant to really invoke something new. Mm. And that's why that has never resonated with us because we're not meant to feel like we fit in there because we're supposed to create something new. <laughs> no, absolutely. Like, I feel like from the moment we're, we're little, it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, why do I have to be one thing? Right. Like, why can't I be like, you know, a, a woman with a career, with a family, with a business, with her own dreams? Like, why do I have to pick, you know, oh, I want to be a fireman when I grow up. But what mm -hmm. happens? Like, I have my son right now, he's 14 and he's taking careers in civics because he's trying to, he's like, I have no idea what I want to do. And I'm like, honey, don't stress yourself because most yeah. of us change mm -hmm. five times in our lives because we change. Yeah. You know, what I wanted at 18 or eight is not what I want at 48, you know, like it's crazy. So it's just like, the reason why I'm saying that is because, you know, you were saying that people expect you to, to do all the things. So you, you graduate, you go to university, this is your path. It's set out for you already, yeah. but it feels for people like me and you, where we're hypersensitive and we're just, you know, we, we feel maybe more than the average person, you know, mm -hmm. that's how I feel anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not enough. It's so easy to get depressed and anxious and feel like you're not really living your life. So, mm -hmm. 
um, although I'm sad for you that it took so long, I'm so happy to hear how you did it because I think most of us, um, I think I know a lot of the audience that are listening are very similar to me and you, where they do have big hearts and they do have, you know, this intuition of wanting more and living better. So how does somebody even start? Like, how do we, you know, I know that you, um, you have some chronic illness in your life. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that with us today. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, we're here living this life to evolve. You know, we're, we're not here to collect stuff and climb the success ladder and, you know, tag all the boxes and, and the things that people many times think the reasons why they're here isn't really the substantial core of truth of why we're here. So we're here to evolve and how we evolve is through experience. And as long as you're having experiences, you're on path. You might be detouring a lot on your path, <laughs> or you might be kind of, you know, on the, the broad, <laughs> right? It's, it does. Eventually we get to a point where like enough detouring, we just, can we just please have the wide open already carved out <laughs> pathway? Um, but many of us have to do a lot of things, you know, that, that kind of invoke tough experiences, because if we're coasting through life and we're not challenged with anything, we're not going to make change. We only make change when we become uncomfortable and think we can't do this anymore. Something's got to happen. Something's got to be different. So any tough experiences that we have, you know, in the past, before we know better, we might think, why is this happening to us? We kind of feel victimized by it, right? It's somebody else's fault. We blame our parents or whatever, all these things that we do, these crazy things. And then you finally get to a point where, and you realize, oh, I chose all of these lessons because I want to extract wisdom and I want to evolve my spirit. So when you can take the lessons and the wisdom from experiences, that's where you grow. So the more we can figure out not to hang on to the pain of the past, but look at what did we gain from it, then we can move forward into more experiences. So for me, I've been on this path for a long time. I've dealt with the mental body and all the loops and the limiting beliefs and the inner critic voice and all the crazy things that we're trained to think. I've dealt with the emotional body, all the triggers. Why am I feeling this way? Why, why does that person invoke this in me? What's happening within? You deal with all that stuff. I've deal, dealt with the energy body. I've been doing energy work for well over two decades. So as I'm clearing my field, I'm understanding exactly where the blocks and obstacles are and clearing through that congestion. So and I'm also dealing with the spiritual body, all the soul evolution work, why we're here, right? So the last body that I've had to manage is the physical body. And this, this is a, a, a biggie because it's the density that exists in the physical body is intense. So it's not like when you have an emotion and all of a sudden you might feel fear. Let's say fear of fear of lack. You get a bill in the mail and you're like, oh, can I pay this? And then you think, okay, emotionally, does this make sense? No, I can shift my emotions like that, right? I can choose not to reside in fear. I can say, okay, I'm gonna take a deep breath. I know I'm gonna be okay. I welcome in this abundance. Everything's going to be fine. So true what you're saying. Mm -hmm. yeah, I never thought of that before, but it's so true because you, you have the power to choose how you, what you think, right? You do. And what you think develops into how you feel. So if you think I don't have enough money to pay this, all of a sudden you get into fear and your emotions become really loud within that fear, but you can shift your thoughts to think I'm going to choose not to engage with that fear and I'm going to choose to be okay. Then your emotions follow suit, right? So once you start to kind of navigate through those waters, it becomes easier and easier. It's just something that we practice, right? It's, life is just about practice, but what happens within the physical is because we carry so much density within our physical body, it takes a bit longer to shift things there. So for me personally, um, last year around this time, I was diagnosed with Epstein-Barr and chronic fatigue. And I was, I was really, really overworking before that. And ever since I was little, I've been on this mission to really help people thrive. I, the, the greatest satisfaction in my life is to witness somebody thriving where they were in struggle previously. I mean, I just, I can't, it just brings me to tears even thinking about that process. So much. Oh, I just love it. Um, so as I was, you know, I'm so motivated by that. I, it was almost an addiction. Like how many more people can I help? What can I, how can I reach people? How can I help people? How can I do these things? And I was exhausted 
because it was, I love my work so much, but I was way overdoing it, <laughs> not having any balance in my life to take care of myself. And I think because how I was, you know, the family I was raised into, born into, I was so directed towards other people that I really lost sight of I matter and I need things too. And it was just, it took me a long time to finally come to terms with understanding not only what that meant, but how to practice that. And it's still, I'm still working <laughs> through that process. <laughs> it's a lot. Oh, when you say that, it's like, you know, I grew up in a, in a very loving family, but it was all about how to help this person, how to help, you know, it's just what you do. It's part of who you are. And, and I was never taught it's okay to sit down. It's okay to, especially as a girl, right? And being in an immigrant family, but it was always... Uh, there's always something to do you know you need to keep busy which which is fine because that's what they knew at the time but I you know the moment I started even as a teenager the moment I started saying I'm gonna do something for myself it felt wrong yeah it felt conceited it felt oh my god what are people gonna think about me that I think mm -hmm. I'm up higher than everybody else so I stopped mm -hmm. and that was a long time of doing that until like you said you can't, you know, you can't help like people like us want to help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And when you can't help as many people as you want, then you feel guilty, then you feel sad, then you feel like, oh my God, I'm not doing enough. And those thoughts, not only do they bring you burnout, but sadness. And mm -hmm. you're just like, you know, kind of want to give up sometimes because I just can't help all the people. There's mm -hmm. everybody needs something. And you just want to, you know, when when you fix things for yourself and when you do the work. And you go through, you know, all those tough lessons, you just want to get on the other side and help other people. Cause you're like, I know how you can feel. <laughs> I know how you feel now, but I know that you can feel better. I want to show you, I want to convince you, you know, mm -hmm. and it's so true. So when you said you grew up in a home like that as well, and it's not from like a place of anything negative, it's just, you're not taught that. Mm -hmm. So like, me and you, we look like we're, you look younger than I am, but I think we're sort of around the same age. Mm -hmm. and I love that we're teaching our children. It's okay to do both. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting because the old paradigm thought is you're either selfish or you're self-sacrificing. You have to choose. <laughs> and we're coming into this platform now where neither of those need to be true where there's a middle ground, where we can take care of ourselves and know that other people are also taken care of. One main lesson that I teach a lot of my clients and my students is doing things for your highest good also allows other people to also act for their highest good. Mm. So when you take care of your needs in, in this dimension, people might think, okay, well, if I take care of my needs, my husband might feel neglected or ignored or whatever. And so I can't do that. I feel guilty and all these things, all those lower density emotions start to come in and pile on that motivates people to do things in a certain way due to other people's expectations. Absolutely. So what that does is it stagnates everyone in that place and you become a groundhog day experience of over and over and over redoing that same behavioral pattern. But if you come into, I really need a break and it's for my highest good to take some time for myself. What happens is you will motivate the other person to also do things for their highest good, which means maybe they need to take the reins of their own stuff. Maybe they need to take responsibility in a different way. So from a higher perspective, from a higher realm you know, point of view, you're benefiting them. It might not look like it in this plane, but it certainly is serving that in a higher plane of existence and let's hope they learn that lesson because I think everybody right. does need to really take time and yeah. a lot of people don't so I hope that that becomes clear as we're we're doing our thing yes I love that mm -hmm. so I'm sorry to interrupt you no no worries I love the excitement <laughs> so I was like oh yeah that would be great instead of you know you can't always tell somebody you can't say well look you need to work on your stuff and I'll work on my that doesn't work <laughs> so it's just yeah. by watching I mean, I've all said it. I've said it. I'm like, yeah. well, you know, you need to grow too. Okay. Like, <laughs> but it's so true. It's like, that sounds so negative, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it is, it's like, yeah. But the way that um, you're explaining it, I do think it makes a difference. I think it makes a difference mm -hmm. and starts, people start to look within themselves too. So it's a great, it, it, 
So in helping yourself, you're definitely, definitely helping other people. Mm -hmm. It needs to to come from an honoring perspective. You know, it's not like you need to fight for your needs. It's not like you need to belittle somebody else's needs. It's none of that stuff that still carries a lot of density. But when you say, what do I really need? Honestly, in my heart of hearts, what feels good to me? And you just simply, I need to do this because this is what feels good. You know, no excuses, no explanations, no need to justify, no need to have the other person understand. I'm just doing this because it feels good to me. And this is what I need. Okay. You don't have to fight for anything. And when you're honoring like that of yourself, you are instantly also honoring that other person. So it just sort of simplifies the process too and cleans it up a little bit more. I love that. And, you know, we both have uh, children and they watch, Mm -hmm. they watch what we're doing. And absolutely. uh, I think it's, if we're going to change the way the future is, we really need to, you know, remember that and practice that in front of them, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because I think that's how to create change too, right. Is with the new generation coming, but. Absolutely. And the other thing from an energetic perspective, when you shift yourself and your frequency, you also shift your lineage who came before you and who came after you. So they, they instantly get an upgrade. The more work you do on yourself, you're helping in huge and exponential ways, your entire lineage. I love that word upgrade. Cause it's so true. It's like, okay, you can have me point two, right? Like right. I, you already start off at a different level. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so, yes. great. so how do you, um, Jean, how do you, how can you tell the signs of burnout? Can you help our audience figure it out? I mean, before we get to the point where we don't want to get out of bed, before we get to the point where mm-hmm. we're depressed and, and, you know, I always believe that the tension in our body creates um, illnesses as well. And I think we definitely have, you know, I think we definitely have control uh, mm-hmm. of that beforehand, but we need to be taught what to do, right? Maybe you can help yes. us out with that today. Yeah, it's really an interesting journey because a lot of people, we're very distant from ourselves and understanding of ourselves because we've been trained and taught to focus outward. What is that person's expectations? You need to meet them, regardless of how you feel. When you're in school, if you're hungry, if you need to use restroom, wait until we say it's okay. So there's so many little things along our pathway that have taught us ignore our internal systems. So it takes a little bit of time and effort and practice and dedication to come back into those systems to even be able to listen. And then when you start to listen, then you can start to honor those things. But so I I really recommend you know, meditations, journaling, anything that connects you back to you is so important because we're just so distant. And the more we can understand how we feel, then we can therefore act for our needs. But if you ask people a lot of times, what do you want? I don't know, but I know what I don't want. Okay. That's a great place to start, (laughs) start there and then continue to follow it in, follow it in, follow it in. until you get really clear about what lights you up, what brings you joy, what feels good. So many times, you know, the the main kind of um, signs or symptoms of burnout is exhaustion, (laughs) you know, a hyperactivated nervous system, the inability to sleep, you know, change in your eating habits, aggression, frustration, aggravation, you know, any kind of suffering check in with, are you doing too much and why? And are you doing things for other people's expectations or are you doing things that are for you? And if you are in that state, can you feel comfortable doing things for you? Or do you go into the guilt and shame and all the crazy stuff that is of the lower density emotions? Because all of those things Like I do a lot of work with the energetic system and our lower chakras contain guilt and shame and survival mode. And so if you find yourself in those those places many times, if you do a deep energy clear, you're automatically balancing those systems where you were clearing out the guilt vibration that's in your field. We're clearing out the shame vibration that's in your field. And when you no longer contain that within your frequency, you don't activate that in your general way of being anymore either. You become neutral from that. But many times people are born into that and they've lived in trauma and expectations of others for so long that they don't even know that it doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. So it feels very normalized. Yes. You know, so when you, I mean, the main thing is, are you in a state of suffering? 
and why? What's creating that? Are you doing too much? Just kind of start to ask yourself questions. To me, curiosity is the most vital aspect of self that we can contain. Be curious about why, what's going on in there? Why are you doing those things? What is propelling you? Are you meeting other people's expectations so you can feel okay? So you can feel worthy? So you can feel good about yourself? Like what's the motivation behind that? And the more clear we can get, the more we can understand why we're doing things and how not to. <laughs> so and when, yeah, that may never happen, like satisfying other people. So oh, right. where do we go from there? Like, yeah, it's a very interesting thing because we, a lot of times, a lot of people live for other people's expectations, but it's what they think people want versus what the people actually want. So you're acting in a way that's not even meeting the other person's needs. So you can see how this would be a perpetual <laughs> behavior that's needed. And it's exhausting because you're continuing to move in directions that aren't serving you or that other person. So the more you can come back into yourself and get really clear about what you want, like we talked about highest good before, you know, is, is working on this project 18 hours a day serving you? Probably not. So how can you say, okay, what standards do I need? What boundaries do I need in order to balance my own stuff? And as you start to act in those ways, you automatically create balance in all the external moving parts that are a part of our reality. But until you balance yourself, you're not going to be able to manage all those external moving parts. How? Okay. So you, we were talking earlier about, um, you were saying that you're a single mom. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people out there that are busy and have their careers and have, what do you do? Like, how do you find that time to even, you know, cause, okay. So when we're thinking of giving ourselves permission to do that, that's a whole step by itself because when mm -hmm. we grow up and we don't have that around us, I think sometimes that's the toughest hurdle to get over. Cause mm -hmm. once you say to yourself, I'm worth it and I need to make a change. And I see that other people are, um, maybe not accepting this as normal for themselves. Uh, maybe I shouldn't either. I should want more for myself. Once you get over that, mm -hmm. when you don't have the energy and your kids are demanding something from you, and you know, if you have a, a job outside the home, your, your boss is demanding stuff from you and you're just so tired. Um, so that's what burnout looks like. So we're hoping to get mm -hmm. to people before that. Right. Right. Yes. Because I've had burnout. I mean, it's not fun. It mm -hmm. creates so many problems. And, you know, mm -hmm. it can lead to things like addiction. It can lead to things like um, self-hatred. It can lead to things, you know, so many things, depression. And then what, what do we do? Everything's compounded so much. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love this topic a lot, because we really do need to catch it beforehand, um, because mm -hmm. it will be so much easier for us to, to deal with on our own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but also I think there's a place for coaching. Like, I think there's a place for, you know, um, for experts like you to come on and really guide people because one, I do believe that one of the hardest things is to, the first step, the first step to agreeing that you're worth it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the, the main thing is recognizing that it's, you're living in a way that doesn't fit or doesn't feel good or that you don't like or enjoy you know, and really checking in with that sense of self. And unfortunately, things do need to get loud sometimes in life within our experiences in order to stop us from that trajectory that we're on. Like for me, working so incessantly really threw me into such, such imbalance that I ended up with a chronic illness and chronic fatigue with the inability to focus on anyone else literally was completely stripped of energy because they're like, no, no, no. And the thing is, these things aren't happening to us. They're happening for us, right? Because had I not been taken out like that, <laughs> I would still be working like a crazy person and doing, doing everything, the superwoman aspect of things, you know, but they were like, no. So we've tried to give you little more subtle clues that you might be overworking, but we're just going to finally just, you know, call it, pull the rug out from under you and let you just kind of lay there for a couple months and think about things, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So it gave me the opportunity to really get in it and to recognize how much imbalance was in my life and that I wasn't prepared to listen until I got stunted and I, to where I had to. 
right? So even though it's not comfortable moving through that experience, it certainly offers so many insights and lessons. And what I found was when I'm a doer and I'm a caretaker of, you know, the planet from my ego perspective, um, when I'm laid out on the couch and I can't even make myself food, whoo, that is humbling, <laughs> right? And so what is that, what is that teaching me? Ask for help and find peace within receiving help. Take some time to yourself, rest when you feel you need to, only engage with things that do not drain your energy. You know, so many lessons came from this experience. And what I found at first, I moved through a deep depression. And I say deep for me, it was a couple of weeks. Um, but moving in like, what's the point? What's the purpose of life? If I'm laying here like a sloth and I can't do anything to help anybody, I can't even help myself. What's the point? And you kind of start to question why we're even here and what, you know, what, what the quality of life is really suffering. So it really can lend to a lot of depression within that state. And I thought, okay, so I can sit here and wallow in self-pity, or I can start to extract some lessons and see what am I supposed to, what are the takeaways from this experience? And so when I started to open up to the potential of why I'm having this experience, why I called this in, because I created this experience for myself. So taking responsibility for it is the first step. And then when you can recognize, okay, so I'm way imbalanced, I'm needing more rest, can I give myself permission to rest? And so I've been practicing all of these things throughout this illness, and I was having trouble healing. And so I went into meditation, and I was asking, why am I having trouble healing? Why am I still relapsing in this chronic fatigue? And it was to the point where my eyes were so red and puffy, I couldn't see, I couldn't drive because I couldn't see. My reflexes were so compromised. My brain wasn't even firing. I couldn't even think of a word like blue. It was like, what is that word? And it was so foreign. I was so low functional. I literally couldn't do anything. Um, and when you go through that point, you know, it, it really, you really have to check in. Um, so in recognizing that imbalance, I found so much growth from the experience. And I was asking, why can't I heal? And what came up was a really interesting insight. It was because I wasn't giving myself permission to rest unless I was sick. <laughs> and I thought, holy crap, I'm in my own way because I know that when I feel better, I'm going to want to jump right back into what I was doing before. So having that insight and that awareness, I thought, okay, I'm literally preventing myself from healing because this is the only time I give myself permission just to do nothing. Mm -hmm. So now I've been practicing that even when I do have energy. Okay. So even if I have energy and I really want to dive back into the work and I want to create something, what do I really need for myself? What do I need? I really need to just sit outside with my journal. Oh, that feels so good. Okay. So I check in with what feels good and that's what I do. And it's a practice. And as I'm practicing this, I'm getting better and better because I've learned the lesson. I'm implementing the lesson and I'm learning how to heal that. So I don't need that loud lesson anymore, preventing me from living the life that I want to live because I'm in my own way, because I'm learning how to get out of my own way. I love how genuine you are. And I respect you telling us a little bit about your story. So thank you so much. Yeah, um, you're welcome. It, it's tough. Like, as I heard you saying that, I was like, a lot of us don't receive help. It, it, that's in a whole other episode, but... <laughs> You know, we need, to, yeah, but we need to get over that because honestly, we're so worth it. We're so worth it. And, and for those people who are listening, who are like, I don't have time. I don't have time to sit out there with my journal. I don't have time to think about all these things to meditate. You know, when my son um, was younger and I started to, um, you know, help myself go through this process, I said, okay. He was very needy. I only have one, but oh my goodness, he was so needy. And my husband worked a lot of hours outside the home and distance. So it was just the two of us. I was in a new city, didn't have any friends. So here I am. And I was like, okay, how can I practice some of these things to make me feel better? So I taught him how to meditate. We were like four years old, three years old, maybe even younger. So he would sit there. He goes, mom, it's time. Um, I'm like, okay. So he would make a joke out of it. But you know what? if it was time for me to just sit and read, I was like, okay, it's time for it. So you just learn to teach them. Like you, sometimes you cannot find time 
separate and alone from from other people so engage them in what you're doing like if that's the only time you can find like mm-hmm. just create it you know we can say no to so many things that we don't and sometimes when i hear people say they're too busy mm-hmm. to take care of themselves and they're too busy i'm like okay line out your day for me does mm-hmm. this really have to happen right now does this have to you know i find that if you just start with a few minutes and you build on that that you're no longer going to have the problem of mm-hmm. I can't find the time because that is going to be one of the top things you make time for. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting thing. I see a lot of times when people are um, sort of neglecting their own work is I'm too busy. And there is an old program that comes in that says we don't have time to go in there because when you go in, that's where real change can be made. And it simplifies everything else in your world. So the, you know, I would kind of encourage your listeners to check in within the business, within the TV on all the time, the radio on all the time, noise on all the time. If you can't hear your own thoughts, I would check in and say, am I, am I ignoring something that is really wanting to get my attention if I can sit in the stillness? Or for me, like I told you earlier, my shower is my portal, you know? So whenever I want information, I, I know that I can always gain access to insights when I'm in the shower or when I'm doing dishes, you know, when I'm driving and you sort of pay attention to those times when, yeah, just some silence would be really good. And it's part of your normal day. You don't even need to necessarily carve out other time to do it. It's utilizing your um, availability within your current experiences. And it's kind of a reframing of your perception. You know, so for me, I'm like, it's how you look at it. Like it is for sure. It is. And another thing I'll share with you when my girls were little, um, I was running around like a crazy person. You know, it's like I have a newborn, I have a toddler, I have about, you know, all these things going on, the dogs, the husband, all this stuff. And I would literally find myself saying, I don't have enough time in my day. I don't have enough time in my day. I don't have enough time in my day. And I stopped myself and I thought, why am I continuing to reaffirm that? Because that experience sucked. <laughs> So I thought I'm going to change this. And what I started to say, every time I felt overwhelmed, I stopped within that thought process. And I said, I have plenty of time. And I would take a deep breath. I have plenty of time. I have plenty of time. And I would feel it. Mm. And within two days, two days is all it took. My entire reality shifted by dinner time. The house was clean. Everybody was content. (laughs) The dinner was made. The dogs were walked. I was like, whoa, whoa, I did that. I created that. So we don't, we're not aware sometimes of how much we're creating our reality. But when you learn that you do create your reality and you don't have to continue to create when you don't want, all of a sudden you become a really powerful person. I love that so much, you know, cause I used to spend the, you know, I work out like 40 hours and then I work, I have my business on top of that. And I was like, oh my God, when I get home, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do that. And then I would work myself up so much that I get home and I have no energy to do it. And then it was like, I had already done all that work, but nothing got done. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Oh my goodness. I have to do a talk. Oh my goodness. I have to do a talk. I have to do that. I'm so uncomfortable. So I say this for like a week. And then my husband looked at me one time and he says, have you actually done it yet? And I'm like, No, he's like, but you're so exhausted just thinking about having to do it. So it is the way that you think, you know, it is the, uh, you know, we, I love doing this podcast because, you know, (laughs) I've only been doing it for a while, but I learn so much with every guest that I have on. I meet the most incredible people. And I love that maybe other people who are listening are getting these, you know, these Mm -hmm. little, little, little light bulbs. Right. So yeah, it's so great. And I don't know, it, we have to start with ourselves. We can make ourselves happy. Mm-hmm. We can make ourselves feel better. We have that control. And mm-hmm. once we decide to own it, and once we decide, you know what, I'm worth it. And yes, I'm going to put in the work. But like you said, it's okay. So sometimes I like to argue with people when they say that they're too busy, because I feel like that's a way to hide from doing the work. People might not like what I'm saying today when I said that, but it's true. And I know it's true because I did it. Mm -hmm. So by having the radio on and the TV on and being almost in your thoughts, more busy than you actually are in the present, you know, it's a way of hiding. It's a way of not wanting to to see what's underneath. And that is the hardest part when Mm -hmm. you start to open up. 
But when you, when you've done the work and you look back, I know we were talking about this before, Jean, mm-hmm. and it's like, why didn't I do it sooner? You know, mm-hmm. but then don't beat yourself up about that either. Like things happen when they happen. You know, we all have adversities and things that happen to us to make us who we are today. And we will get that lesson when we really need to have it. Like you were saying about, you know, it wasn't until you were laid, laid down and you couldn't function that you're like, yeah, this is like showing me. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we just, and it's not like people are intentionally avoiding the work. They just were so trained and taught and programmed not to. It's the default of what we're born into. So even taking a sense of relief, like I'm not doing something intentionally, but just something that's kind of been a part of my experience. But now I just don't want to have that experience anymore. I want to be able to go within. I want to be able to learn about myself. I want to be able to learn about my needs. And even setting that intention will help to direct you into places and platforms that complement that, that support that. You know, so even just that awareness of I'm doing that and I just don't want to anymore. Awesome. It's that okay. awareness is huge. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Like, I hope somebody's listening right now and saying, oh, I can do that. Yeah. Like, I can really, like, nobody's going to be angry with me if mm-hmm. I take the time to figure out what I want. I can mm-hmm. do all those things and still be me, like, figure things out, mm-hmm. you know? And, and yes, <laughs> you yeah. can. It's an interesting thing when we start to shift, when we're used to meeting other people's expectations and they are used to us showing up for them that way. (laughs) And then when you change the game, you know, you might get a little bit of uh, resistance from the, the people around you, but that's a part of the lesson too about how much are you only living your life due to other people's expectations versus how much are you actually here to do your soul's journey which is all about you. And from an energetic perspective, for those givers out there, this was such a huge aspect of what I, what I saw. So I read energy, right. And I can see how it, how it transforms, how it transmutes, how it spreads out. And I was working with a client and she's very much a giver and she was reaching, you know, several people throughout what she was doing during her day. But when she got within and went within and healed different wounds that she had, the amount of exponential growth and how that touched the masses was beyond anything you can imagine just from doing her own work. So for those givers out there, the more you focus on yourself, the more you up-level humanity, (laughs) the collective consciousness. So it's so much greater. I mean, absolutely continue to be active participants in this realm in helping people, but also at the same token, do apply at least that much effort and work and dedication to yourself because that up-levels everything in ways we can't even see. I love that so much. You know, that happened to me too, where, you know, when I started to take care of myself better, people didn't like it. Yeah. They were expecting me to be there um, to the same level. Mm -hmm. And they were angry a little at first, but then they got it and they learned from it. And now they're different. Yeah. You know, so I feel like I did them a service. You did. Absolutely. But when you have those feelings and, and, you know, people coming at you like that, it, you know, don't quit, you know, you're doing, you know, you're making change, right? Yes. Yeah. And you know, the lessons and the growth, it's, it's not, easy sometimes to do it, but I wish I should just um, have this story that I can read, but have you heard about, you know, if you look at a seed, excuse me, a seed that's growing, it looks like complete mass destruction, right? Before it blooms into something. Soul growth is the same way where it's messy and it's not comfortable. And to be able to push yourself out of that comfort zone to say, I know that I need this. And to feel that compelling force that's saying, I need healthier boundaries. I need more time for myself. I'm going to honor that and and let nothing stop you. It might look like mass destruction at first. You might be releasing relationships that weren't really serving anyways. And it's, it can be scary to be on that path if you don't know you're going to be okay. So coming into that place of I'm okay. And everything that's happening around me right now is also okay. And it's just this practice of, of growth and change, but I'm okay. 
and always coming back into that sense of truth and knowing that you're on path, you're on progress, you're on process. And it makes it easier because, you know, otherwise, if we look at the, the reflections of things around us, we're like, Ooh, that, that didn't feel good. That's not good. We equals it equals that's not good. So then we stop doing it, but then you always stay stuck. But then you also always have this repelling force behind you saying, move forward, move forward. And you're like, but it's scary. <laughs> so release the fear of it and know that you're going to be okay. See what happens. And you might surprise yourself. A lot of times we build things up so much in our minds that we prevent ourselves from moving forward based of fear. It's all based in fear. But when you can get clear with what you want and simply move in that direction, it's so much easier. It's a very clean way of moving forward. And you don't let anything get in the way because you see clearly what you want and it's much easier to, to get there. Yeah. So many of us are afraid of change because we think change means something negative. And, and it doesn't. I love when you're talking about the seed. You know, I was just planting my garden not too long ago for the summer, my vegetable garden. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, when this thing is a seed, I have to water it like literally once or twice a day and every day. But once, like now I look at it, I was out there this morning and I just have to maintain it now. Yeah. The hardest work is over. Mm -hmm. you know? So when you're saying that, I could picture the seed just bursting out you know, of the ground, like that little thing can break through. Yeah. But once you're through, it's just like, you know, maintaining that, like you're mm -hmm. there, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can grow into something beautiful from that point, you know, but it is just taking those first steps. And if you think about the, the momentum of like a cruise ship, if it's sailing in one direction and you want it to go in the other direction, it takes a bit of effort <laughs> to shift that momentum. <laughs> You know, so the first part, the hardest part is recognizing I'm going in a direction I don't like. And then actually that's the hardest part. Do and then it gets about it. Yeah. Well, and then you start to shift and you're like, oh, okay. And then, you know, before you know it, you're flying in the other direction and it feels so good because you're following your own path and your own alignment. And from that point, whenever you decide to support yourself, the universe instantly comes in with forces to also support you. So when you choose right here and now, I am choosing to support myself and do what's, what's best for me, my highest good. And you feel that the universe comes in with forces that are saying, yes, we will match that and also offer you this and that and the other thing too. <laughs> so, and all of a sudden you find all these, these resources and this, these blessings that come in just because you're honoring your growth. And that's why we're here. <laughs> so when you, when you get through the fear of it, you realize this is a really beautiful path. It's not painful. It's not scary. It's not intimidating. It might be intense sometimes, but it's very purposeful. And your life becomes so different. It does. So, it's like, it creates this inner peace and happiness and not from fake things. It's still what was there. You're just uncovering it, you know? Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Like I used to describe my journey as, you know, I couldn't exhale for years. Mm -hmm. And then when I finally, I had all this tension and all this anxiety from, from the things. And it wasn't until, you know, I saw that other side that honestly, I felt like I could take a breath that I've been holding in mm -hmm. for like 15 years. And that moment is, is so worth all the work. It really is. It is. And when you can build into the new, I mean, it's limitless potential in that place. And it's so fun. It's the epitome of creation mm -hmm. and you can cultivate anything you want to. And when you learn how masterful you are at creating a reality, and especially if you're creating one that doesn't feel good to you, you have control of that and you can choose something better. And when you choose something better, you're like, oh my gosh, what else can I do? What else can I create? And it becomes so fun and exhilarating and fascinating because you, there's, there's limitless potential to it. So it just, it, I think it's the reason why we're here is to create experiences and know that we can cultivate ones that we prefer and just to play. It's like a big playground, you know, it's just practice and play. And so we can, you know, alleviate the pressure that we put on ourselves, knowing that we have nothing to prove. There's mm -hmm. nothing we need to prove. We just need to be and live and experience things and practice things. That's all. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's so much better, so much lighter, right? And oh, it makes yeah. us feel like, yeah, we could do that, you know? And <laughs> so go and do that. <laughs> and, and get help from people like Jean, you know? <laughs> but going back to that, you know, when I said at the beginning, when it was, when we ask our children, what do you want to be when you grow up, you know? Why can't we just 
say, you know, I want to be whatever I want to be at that time. I just want to be all of me. I want to be genuine. I want to be, why do we have to associate what we do with who we are? That's a really good question. And that's something that I think people are starting to move through really now is we're getting away from the doingness and identifying ourselves with what we do and more about who we are, you know, and you think about the love that you can share with people and the, the connection and the sharing, you know, think about how powerful even this conversation is just from sharing each other's energy, the insights, experiences, you know, to anyone that's listening, think about how you felt before you listen to this and how you feel now. And if you feel lighter, you know, and that's just a sense of beingness. And just being authentically who we are and sharing whatever's inside, it's something so simple, but very, very powerful. I love this. <laughs> where can where can the audience learn more about you? Yeah, you know, I really want them to connect with you. I, I've enjoyed this conversation so much. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I have a YouTube channel where I offer insights and just kind of guidance and little things that come through that I'm picking up from the collective consciousness that I see kind of across the board that might be a challenging situation that people are working through. Because I feel like when we have, when we can see what is being presented to us, then we know how to manage it. So I offer insights about what's going on cosmically, planetarily, sometimes energetically and tools to how to navigate. So that's on YouTube. I've got um, just, you know, kind of handful or so of videos there. And also my website, jeanatman.com. Um, I do offer some, some private work um, to select people. I offer my limitless program, which really teaches people, you know, we have, a lot of us are born into this really rickety foundation and we try <laughs> to create life from this really rickety place of things that are falling apart and rusting and disintegrating underneath us. And we're like, why is this so hard? <laughs> so I help people to unpack all the old rickety stuff and come into a really strong foundation of truth because there's so much illusion of what we were born into and we're just away from who we actually authentically are. So I help people to tune back into who they are, build a really strong foundation within, and then you can find things like love and abundance and all these things that people seek because you're coming from an authentic point of view and authentic self. So I teach people how to come into that place so then they can create their most beautiful life experience. And I also offer live calls within that because this is really new to a lot of people in our, you know, in the world. I don't know how many people really know how to do, um, how to process stuff and how to get into their own inner world. So, you know, I'm, I offer support and guidance for people so they can feel really empowered as they move through that process. And on there also, I offer um, a free webinar entitled How to um, Stop Limiting Beliefs from Sabotaging Your Future, because that is the only thing that is standing in our way many times is what we believe to be <laughs> obstacles. Um, so there's a, there's a brief training about that, as well as I introduced the Limitless course throughout that um, webinar too, in case people are wanting to dive into the deeper work. Fantastic. I'm so excited to have you here today. And Thank you for, for enlightening us and for sharing your own experiences with us. And uh, yeah, I've learned a lot. Thank you so much for being on the show. Good. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a nice time <laughs> connecting with you today. <laughs> well, I'm so glad. And um, I, think, I think we're changing people today. I think people will walk away from this conversation um, and, and give it a deeper thought. You know, that's what we want. We just want, you know, be open to the idea that, you're enough and that um, you're worth, you know, the time it takes, you know, and although you may not find the time at first, you will have so much more of it because you'll be worrying less, you'll be, you know, busying yourself less. And it honestly, there will be a, a big shift. So thank you all for listening today. Thank you, Jean. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.